Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. But this very evening, I want everyone to pay attention. I don't know, I'm not going to really rush. Because we're going to dig into some mystery that the Lord, even when he was teaching it, is like, what? Okay? The first important, but we have to understand it. If you take us more than today, we'll do it. I'm going to present this very evening. That crucial test, if you want to just the title, the crucial test, the crucial step of submitting to one another. Or if you want to say submission to, that's whatever you want to do. But that crucial what? Test. Passing that test of submitting to one another. This affects churches, ministries, it affects families, it affects everywhere. Even where, even on the job, in your business, it affects it. Submitting to one another. We say we submit to God, but we forget one thing. That's the submission to God is of no consequence to God except we submit to others. So submission is actually a crucial test of transformation. Please, everybody, let's, let's, let's get it's a crucial what? Test of transformation. I have been transformed. I have been changed. It's a big test of it. It is also a test of brokenness. Because with the brokenness, we said as a disciple, with brokenness, then you can achieve something. When one is actually broken, then he has attended the school of God or he is now attending it. Listen to me. Because you will continue to attend the school of God until you die. And I know I will continue to attend the school of God until I die. But brokenness will actually show that you are attending it. You are listening. Because if you don't pass that grade, you will not be promoted to the next one. What is that school of God? The school of divine humility. The school of what? Loneliness of heart. Milkiness of heart. Long suffering. That school of patience. School of unreserved submission to authority. Unreserved submission to authority. So you see, it's a test of crucial transformation. It's a test of also brokenness. But it comes again. It's a test of understanding. Submission is a test of understanding what? That nobody will enter into that kingdom except he is converted as a child. Nobody. Matthew 18, please, 3 and 4. will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Except you are converted and become like a little children. Did you read more? Four. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself as a little child. Whoever humbles himself as a little child has crucified the flesh. Listen to me, please. Has crucified the flesh. Is that what a crucial test of understanding that you cannot enter into the kingdom of God except you are converted as a child. Being converted as a child is then what? That mind that is in Christ. He said, let this mind be in you according to Philippians 2, you know, 5 and 6, we don't have to read it. That was in Christ. That although he was what? One with his father, but yet he humbled himself and become like a servant so that he could receive. On that going. That's getting that understanding is very important that we have to be able to know indeed. But there's another understanding. It's a crucial test of one understanding that the unreserved submission unto God is of no consequence without unreserved submission unto others. What do you mean by others? The delegated authority of God. God has a delegation of authority. We're going to come to many things today. Incidentally, for the reason best known to him, 
because he is one who knows all things. And whatever he does is right and perfect. God delegates his own authority. Whatever his business is, he will delegate somebody to do that business on this earth. There must be a human being that will delegate. Give me Genesis, please, 2.15. Genesis 2.15. Yes. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Now, God could have commanded and said, you know, garden, I command you now that you'll be tended by yourself. You'll be prone. Everything will go very smoothly without anybody touching you. Couldn't God have done that? Yep. He did it with the moon. Who attends to the moon? And the sun. But you see here, here on earth. He leaves that. And he said, I give this authority unto this person. And you have to follow it. Now, that's one other thing I need to understand for you to know. That this very authority that is given, starting from Christ, Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, had no mind of his own. Everybody, please get this right now. And still on the throne of the kingdom of God, Christ has no mind of his own. Does anybody disagree with that? Well, most of us, I mean, well, the slightest thing will begin to puff up. Our heart, I mean, everything, we are something. But Christ, when he was here, did not have a mind of his own. He surrendered his own will. That's what is the most difficult thing, for a human being to surrender his own will to another. And please, let's get that. To another person. But he, did, he surrendered his will. So I had no will of my own. Give me John 5.30, please. We have read that a lot. I think I need to make sure. John 5.30. Yes. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. I do not seek my own will. And you know one thing, as I hear, I <laughs> God bless you. You know what, if I don't hear, I won't. Because it's had to come from him. Why? Because the business is the father's. Let's get this thing right now. Especially those who are ministers and wherever you may be and those walking under you, if you think anybody's walking under you, oh, I thank God that nobody's walking under me. But what I'm saying is this. We should always know this business is God's what? Business. That's why misunderstanding that, is, that's what brings all the envy and conflict and discord and court and everybody division because everybody wants his own. Forgetting one thing, that this business is God's business and not the business of any man. And he's the only one who should be glorified in every situation it shows shall be so. Are you, are you with me? So Christ said, you see, I do not know of my own. As I hear, I judge. Because I don't have my own will. Is my father and submitting unreservedly unto my father. Give me John 6 38, please. John 6 38. Yes. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The will of him who sent me. Now, please listen to this. Let us get the spiritual understanding of the kingdom of God. The orderliness in the kingdom of God. The way God wants things to work wherever we are. Whether you're on the job, wherever you are, let it be so from now on. Okay? You see, Christ couldn't do anything without the Father. And he turns around and said, you know one thing? The Holy Spirit could not do anything without me. Are you, are you with me? Read me John 16, please. Then read 13 to 15. John 16, 13 to 15. Yes, ma'am. Whatever, however... When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will only glorify me. Now, please listen to this. That's something God does. God will never be an author of confusion. Everywhere you go, please, I'm just saying, I know, it's not only here, I'm not talking here. God will never be an author of confusion. He can never put two captains 
on the same ship. It's not possible. Otherwise, there'd be confusion. You see, he said, I can't do anything. I'm the son of God. Even though I'm one with him, but I can't do anything. I can do what my father tells me to do. Then he turns around and says, you know one thing? As the father has done it, the Holy Spirit can't do anything without me. He will borrow from me. He will take from me. Yet, the Holy Spirit is one with God. That's a mystery I want everybody to understand now. If you will understand that mystery this evening, you will even understand what the mystery of the sanctity of marriage. You got the Holy Trinity. You know the mystery of the Holy Trinity embodies everything. If you want to behave that well, there are three of them. All three are one. And yet they are equal. And yet unequal. That is, do you understand what I'm talking about? They are, they are equal, equal parts, whatever it is, whatever it cannot, if you remove one, it's not enough. The three of them are there, all distant, but they appear to be equal, but they're not really equal. Because there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But there's one thing that is a mystery there that the Lord was showing me this morning. I, I, I cried. He said, But do you know one thing? I said, No. He said, Well, do you know that the Father submits to the Son? And the son submits to the Holy Spirit. Now I'll take a circle. And I think Pastor Charles is going to really get this thing right in the circle. There's a circle here. Authority flows from Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It flows back. Listen to me. And that's the problem in this world. The problem in this world, that especially those serving God, we don't realize one thing. That for us to be submitted to, then we must have submitted first. I know that I know that going to, that's why I'm going to slow down. So that if there's any confusion, we, we clear it. Because I cannot tell you everything that is presented is what God has showed me. And if we teach you, you will see it tonight. Unless I have given. The, you see, the father submitted to the son. Remember he said, ah, read me Matthew 28, 18, please. Matthew 28, 18. Yes. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Mm -hmm. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Who gave all that to the Son? The That's submission. Submission is not necessary because somebody's above me. I get all That's not the issue. When you talk about submitting to one another, it started in the kingdom of God. Father gave. He's, he, he relinquished what? Authority. Yes. It's a submission. If I give you my things to entrust it into your holy hand, into your hand, I've submitted one way or the other. It may not be as the other one will submit, but the submission. Is submission not giving something? Yes. Then, in return, the son submits to the father. But you see, the son also submits to the Holy Spirit. In the way God has made it, because the Holy Spirit can only take from the Son what the Son has given to him. And vice versa, the Holy Spirit also submits to what? The Son. And that's the problem even say you have, like you say, in the, the marriages and churches. We always think we are the boss, this and that. Instead of thinking about, look, you know, no matter whatever happens, we must submit to one another. It's not a one-way traffic. Some of us come up, we say God has called us, and we're now the boss. It will forget about one thing. The principles of this world, of doing business in this world, is not the same in the ministry and in church. The principles are not the same. In business, I am there after all. I am the general manager, whatever it is, that's fine. But in the work of God, I am not talking about somebody. God will always place someone to be in charge. Please do not misunderstand. But that person has placed in charge, unless he understands in his heart of heart, and is broken enough to know that he must also submit to the other person because God has called everyone with different things altogether. Are, are you with me here? Yes. You sure? Yes. So, is he God giving all he has to the son? The son in return gives all back. Now, this is, uh, and then the son gives to the Holy Spirit everything, and the Holy Spirit turns around and gives every back, everything back to the son. That's what you see, the orderliness 
and the mystery of Trinity in the kingdom of God. None goes against the other one, no one competes against the other one because everything is just there, clearly. You know one thing? Because they understood one thing. And with one mind, they understood this thing is for one purpose and one purpose only. When people go on mission and have that understanding that this business is what? Is God. Then you see things flow. Otherwise, there will not be any oneness in any church or any ministry. There will be discord and quarrel. And according to James, wherever you see that, James what? 313. This is him. James 313. Who is wise and understanding among you? Mm -hmm. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Tell me James 4, 1 to 4, please. Who is wise? Let him listen. James 4, 1 to 4. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Mm -hmm. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lost and you do not have. You murder and covert and cannot obtain. obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Mm -hmm. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Whoever wants to be the friend and want this, this position, this is mine, whatever it is, is not in the work of God. And that's why you have problem in many places, in churches. It's not for that. It is serving God. So that authority, submission, is a two-way thing. We must submit to one another. Not going is, but the scripture tells us one thing that we should submit what to one another. Ephesians 5:21, please. Ephesians 5:21. Yes. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. In the fear of God. Everything you are doing unto Him. Remember Colossians 317. It says, Whatsoever you do, do it unto God. Do not worry about that. When all the people gather, and that's what I have learned in the mission trips we have taken. We are people, we are all many different type of people, all together. But the same thing, everything doing it unto God. Because that's the one who has called us. And that's the one we have to account unto him. But then, you see, the scary part of it is this. Even Peter was, give me first Peter, please. Five, two to seven. First Peter 5, 2-7. Yes, ma'am. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, mm -hmm. not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, Submitting yourselves to your elders. Mm -hmm. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in <laughs> due time. Casting all your cares it's upon okay. It's him. It's okay, my dear. Humble yourself. God resists. But the scary part of it that is very difficult, it becomes what? A daunting challenge to the flesh. We're talking about God. But now turning around and said, okay, submit to another human being. In other words, crucify your own will and give it to another. And yet the Bible told us, said, well, whoever puts his trust in the man, what? It's what? It's cause. But who is that man he's talking about whoever puts his trust in the man? One who is born of God has ceased to be flesh. He's a spirit of God. One who is born of God is spirit of God. When you are actually transformed and you become born of his spirit and pride is crucified, the flesh is crucified, then you see, you can learn to trust one another and move on. If God will put that spirit, that everybody understands is the same work we're doing. You see now, that unreserved submission is actually 
the way you know, whether you have come close. And I'm going to give you an example now. And Christ gave us example to emulate, to follow. While he was on this earth, he did not only submit to the Father, but he submitted to others. He submitted to others. And one stirring example, one clear example, actually, is Matthew 3, 13 to 15. I want us to really pay attention. Yes. Matthew 3, 13 to 15. Yes. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be <laughs> baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Then he allowed him. Thus it is fit for us to do things what? In fear of who? God bless you. In fear of God. To fulfill all righteousness. John. Now, but my question to you is this. Verse 13 to 15. Did John submit to Christ? Yes, how? He was. <laughs> he resist. Look at it. Please, let's get this thing right. And we're going to see what actually the big difference. You see, we are John. Open your ears for mysteries of the kingdom of God. How does it? John said, no. I, don't come to me. I'm supposed to be the one to come to you. Well, I don't know how many of us right now in the body of Christ, whatever they may call themselves, will humble themselves that way. You're coming to me. Okay, now I'm the boss now. Come on, <laughs> kneel, kneel down. I can be here and point you here. Do this for me. I'm the bishop. You're the bishop. John said, Look, I've seen somebody that I didn't know. I, didn't, I had nothing. I thought I was something. There's no way for me to baptize you. And Christ said, Look, don't worry about that. I'm submitting. In fear of God. For righteousness sake. And he baptized him. But something happened. The test came unto John. When the Lord was showing me all this. Water, the test came unto John. Whether John will pass the test. John said it there. Because something came unto him. But another thing came. And the test actually. The crucial test came up. Would John actually submit to God? You know, at a certain point, the disciples came to him and said, Lord, you know one thing? Even that man you baptized, remember that small one? Small, that guy came, you baptized him. You know, as far as I'm concerned, maybe the disciples didn't even know because probably God didn't talk to them. That's not the case. But God showed John. This is the Messiah. And John said that. But the disciples came and said, you know one thing? Those ones, that one you baptized, is actually out there baptizing. And now it's only the one thing. The whole world has left you, John, and followed him. <laughs> no, do you, do, you, do you see that? Most of us would have said, mm, I'm telling you from there, hatred would have, ah, envy and bitterness. We'll be starting to tear. Tear what? What does not belong to you? It's not your personal business. This is God. He's the one who will do whatever that pleases him. It's his business. So he does whatever that pleases him. John understood that. Remember two weeks ago when I told you the lesson we learned from what? From the mission trips. There are about four of them I mentioned. I hope you have not forget, forgotten them. Number one, it was what? That is it's God's business. If you don't understand that, you will never do this work. And it is only one to receive the glory. Don't ever try, even in your heart of dreams, to share in his glory. Because it's not you in the first place. Then always stand in awe of him. Fear of him. Because you know one thing? The test has come to see if John the Baptist passed it. That it is not what John the Baptist accomplished or failed to accomplish. But the encounter he had with Christ, did that actually bring him closer to what? Eternal glory. Did John learn something? That will promote him more. The same thing with the mission. The mission, the things we learned, did that really draw us? So it's not what you have accomplished or didn't accomplish, but what did you become as a process, as a result of that? So let's look at John 3, 26 to 30. Now listen. 
There are two things or three things I want you to pick from there that you get. get. I hope you get it. John 3, 26 to 30. Yes. And they came to John and said to him, mm -hmm. Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified. Do you hear that? <laughs> Go on. Behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from, a, from heaven. Go on. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Hi. I mean, you see, this is a man passing the test of unreserved submission. Number one, the first test. See, John was just saying there, this is God's business. Therefore, it's God who what? Who decides what to do with his what? Isn't that the same thing that happened in Matthew 20? Matthew 20, 15 says what? We'll come back to this, John, again. Matthew 20, 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? You see, that, remember the laborers in the vineyard? They were working, some started working for eight hours. Some worked for eight hours and some worked for only one. And the vineyard owner gave them one, whatever they promised them. And the ones who worked for many hours were not happy. He said, is it wrong for me to do whatever I want to do with my business? Is it yours? We have to understand one thing. We are only laborers and not the owner. And the owner does whatever that pleases him anytime, any moment. So anytime you see me, sometimes I'll be just saying the ministry is not man or anything of that nature. Maybe we need to understand that. But John goes further and says one thing. John was just talking about how he was rejoicing. Can you believe that? He was rejoicing that somebody doing the same work that God called him, that somebody who would do much better. Ah, yeah, yeah. That somebody that would do much better. And it's God who makes that decision. And then he rejoices instead of getting envious. Are you, are you following me? Instead of getting envious. He brought himself down. He said, look, you know, Hey, what are you guys talking about? I told you from the beginning I wasn't the man. I didn't come here to claim anything. But now I rejoice because I see the bridegroom. He's there flourishing. Because you know one thing? Whether he wins one million souls, is also what? They all go to that where? The God bless you. They all go to the same post. Do you understand that? They all go to the same post. It has nothing to do with the man. It is when... Whoever thinks he's in position, then will start, when he starts to what? Begin to fight for what he wants to put in his pocket. That's where you see conflict and trouble. But if you realize it is all about his work. And then when he saw what Christ was doing, you know what he said he did? He said he became so fearful of God. All this God has been showing me so I can now see with my own eyes. That the bridegroom is flourishing. He said... While he increases, I will decrease. So that I can see. See, he passed that test. Do you understand that right now? He passed that test. Now, we are supposed to submit to all. To all. And the Bible tells us that all authority, what is all? Submit to all. Governmental, world government, whatever it is. Give me Romans, please, 13, 1 to 4. Romans 13, 1 to 4. Yes, ma'am. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, mm -hmm. and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, 
and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Let's stop right there. Don't worry, my sister. All authority from God, no matter whatever it is. I know that was something, uh, I don't know, four, four years ago when this was, came up. My, my beloved senator was, no, don't say that. I said, I'm saying it. He said, even when a nation, if a nation displeases me, I'll put a bad ruler. God does it. He creates evil and good. Just accept that. He does whatever he wants because that's his business. But if at all we want to stop that, before we get even to this business we're talking about, this one now, do you realize one thing that actually John, I, I, I go back to John again, John the Baptist did. Do you know that John the Baptist was there, working so hard, encouraging his disciples and everybody to follow Christ? I wonder how many of us will do that. But I have seen it in this ministry. Maybe that's why God is doing what he's doing. Because I don't want to mention them, but I know someone here who's been a pastor for the longest time. And yet when he had the message, he was encouraging people, almost half people or more that are still here right now, came through him. That is different. We went to Lagos. I mean, this is a friend of someone. But rather than that, he's saying, this is the one that God has called. That's the one that you should be able to. Not me. Don't put my name. Shouldn't that humble me and make me know that I'm nothing in a situation like that? But you see, that's how God oppresses. We need to understand these mysteries of the kingdom of God. So you have a situation. We read the last one we read right now. All authority is from him. But he said there, the, route, the anger of worldly authority if you rebel. And now, if the world authority will dish out such punishment, if we resist it, how much more would the heavenly one be? I want you to think. Give me Hebrews 10, please. 28 to 31. Hebrews 10, 28 to 31. Yes. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy. On hold, on, hold on right there. Which one was Moses' law? No, 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 please. Moses' law has nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. No. What did I tell you? I said, what? The, what? World government? Moses' law was what? God's government. That's what he's talking about right there. That's government. That's what he was comparing. Listen, go on. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy mm -hmm. on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Yes. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, mm -hmm. and insulted the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, yes. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Mm -hmm. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. Now, remember one thing. Governments are delegated authority of God. But God also has what? Spiritual authority. All of us are placed, I got to come to it now, in some spiritual authority. Let's listen to that. I'm going to break that. If we disobey spiritual authority, the consequences will be more. Now, let me put it this way. And this is the question I'm going to ask you. Who is he in the body of Christ? Or should I put it this way? Among what? The children of God. Who is he that should be Submitted to an authority. Quit looking at me. This is, the, this is the question that the Lord asked me and I was lost. And I'm surprised you are lost. I am I'm happy you are lost. Otherwise I would have been the only one that was lost. This morning. I didn't confuse you. Want me to ask, ask that it was such a clear question. I said, in the body of Christ, or should I turn it this way? I, I'm just trying to recall what I said, right? Should I turn it this way? I said, 
among the children of God, who is he that should be submitted unto? Someone who is a pastor. You see? But this is a situation I need to tell you right now. Every single person who is in the Lord, it must be. No, you guys, you guys are quoting yourself. You're not quoting me. Whether they're minister. But I know one thing every single person, and this is something we need to all really key to understand. No man comes to God except God draws him. And whoever God draws, he has called him. Are we, are we, are we still here? They may, it may not be the same kind of authority he gives. But there's no one in Christ who does not have a measure of Christ's authority. There's none. Whether he sweeps this floor, we must submit. Are you, are, you, are you with me right now? Somebody's sweeping this floor and doing a nice job, and I'm coming and say, well, could you sack? Could you please stay, stay there for one minute and sweeping the floor? I said, do you know who you are talking to? And I walk in here. God has taken that and said, you know one thing? I will reduce you and remove you. Because he did not submit to this person here. You think you are bigger, but you're not bigger than him. Because if you are bigger, then what about myself? I'm God. I'm the one who's supposed to be in charge. Let's come to that. That's why I said we'll probably not finish it today. Okay? All of us, everybody in Christ has some measure because according to his own measure of gift and grace, he's given to each person. Whatever it may be. Whatever it is. If you don't know your own, keep praying every single day, Lord, show me what actually comes. Because if you look at John 15, 16, he said, well, you have not chosen me, you didn't call me, but I called you. But I called you for one purpose, that you should go and bear what? Fruit. If God is sending you to go and bear fruit, he will not leave you empty-handed. There's something he will give you to accomplish that. Whether it is to worship or to stream or whatever it is, I don't know. He will do it. Or whether you come here and you arrange this table. He knows exactly. So every single person Read me Ephesians 4, please. Ephesians 4. Yeah. 1 to 4. Ephesians 4, 1 to 4. Oh, 1 to 7. Forget about it. 1 to 7. Yeah, let's... I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, mm -hmm. with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Hold and... on one second, please. Who was actually Paul addressing? Wasn't it everybody? Okay, those he, no, it doesn't matter. But his, the body of Christ, those he called, right? That's talking about everyone that's called and all of them. Go on, yes? Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. There is one body and yeah, one is. spirit. Yes. Just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according, according to, to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us. You see where it is in the scripture. That is why I have more scriptures we can just put there, but I don't want to. Because each one of us, he said, we are given that. Okay, read me Romans, please. 12, 3. Romans 12, 3. Yes. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure of faith. I don't know. It's all these new translations. I know that it's not a measure of faith. It also goes to that. I, see, to me, it's not more of a measure of faith, but a measure of grace. God's grace, his measure that he gives to each person, whatever it may be. That's a gift he has. But we don't have time now. You can read 1 Corinthians, okay? 12, 4 to 12. It will tell you about, you know, the, the arm, the finger cannot say, I have no need for the head. You, you know about it. And all those details there, okay? When you have time, read all that. And then you know that God has put all of us together for a purpose. And that none is actually greater. Except the one who does it according to the will of God. But now let's begin about submission. Because I want to make sure we get where we can. Woe unto him. You know what? Let's put it this way. We're all supposed to submit to one another. Are we getting that? So woe unto him whoever resists 
to submit. Whoever resists submission, woe unto him. Why? Because whoever resists submission resists what? God bless you. And the person who resists to submit actually is what? It's not a devil. It's not a devil. That person has something that's a problem for him. Read me Proverbs 334, please. Oh, you go back to see, we started with that brokenness and humility. Yeah. Proverbs 3. Pride. 334. 34. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Surely God resists, according to this thing, according to the other translation, resists the who? The proud. The pride. Anybody who is proud, God resists. That is why we need to all be broken and completely be broken enough to be humbled. No more of this and that. Because if we are proud and we go mountain off, that's something that makes me really laugh sometimes. You know, especially, for example, when the hurricane, let me give you hurricane because we all know hurricane, hurricane around here. Hurricane is coming, hurricane is coming, hurricane is coming. You know what we do? It's going to hit around here, and I hope it doesn't. Now, that's not what I'm saying. All of a sudden, we all pack, and we do what? Run. Where are you running to? I mean, we have to run. Because I, I won't sit there, and I will run. I'm not a fool. But ask yourself, where are you running to? Look at the man who's standing up every day. Ah, who is this? I can do this. Whatever it is, I am the mighty this. All of a sudden, a small wind coming. And the man can't even withstand the wind. And that's why God said, if I did not even give, what, a decree onto the sea or ocean, you should never pass this area. I wonder what would have happened. So humble yourself. That pride get us nowhere at all. Anybody who does that will have a problem. Woe unto him who resists. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. And woe unto him who seeks submission from others. Who seeks it? I'm not talking about you get submission, somebody submission to you that is wrong. No, 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 no. But if I seek submission, I want people to submit to me. Do you understand that? And constantly I'm talking about it. Woe unto him. You know one thing, mark this thing. If you see anybody every time is seeking submission and is preaching submission, submit to me, submit to me, that person is not quite sure that God called him. Because if God called you, he will make people even to submit according to what? His will and his spirit. It has nothing to do where those people, they will submit unto God. They're not submitting to you. But the one who's seeking it, woe unto him. Because you know one thing? That individual who's seeking it, is now what? Tell me. Tell me. He's seeking who? He's seeking what? God's glory. Come on. He's seeking God's glory. And God is a jealous God. He will not stand it. And do you know one thing? He reads the heart. It doesn't make a difference what Emeko's Rumba is talking about here. God sees the heart. Whether you mean it and you're doing what he wants you to do. Now the question comes. And I know that's why I said that. We're not going to finish it today. The question comes right now. Should we submit or must we? Must we submit in all situations and circumstances? Yes, no, and yes, no. Which one? No. Those ones who said yes, may God Almighty bless all of us. In every situation and circumstance, no matter whatever it is, you must submit. Come now, I'm coming. I will have not finished. <laughs> come, come. Uh, hold on. That's why right. we're going to have questions. Please listen to me. No, listen to me now. We must submit. I did this, I said circumstances and situations. I asked one question. I haven't asked the other one. Must we submit in all situations and circumstances? Whatever you do in this life, honor your father and honor your mother and respect whatever it is. Whatever it is. Okay? But the next question is this. It's a situation and circumstance. Must we submit to everything? No. That's the difference. That is what is called submissively and what? Respectfully disobedient. I will submissively and what? Respectfully disobey. But for example, let me give you an example right now. You know what actually happened in Daniel? I told you that the Lord loaded so many mysteries that you better catch it tonight. 
in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar called those three Jewish boys. Now, if they, if they dared, if they dared said, go and tell the king, we know what you're going to tell us and we're not coming. God would not have had anything to do with them. You know what they did? The, ki the king, here we are. We give you reverence the way it's supposed to do. We, all, we respect you. You must bow before this. King, we respect you and we're here. But we're not going to do it. In other words, listen to me. You do not obey anything that's contrary to the commandment of God. Period. That's what I'm saying. About. You don't obey that. But that does not mean you should not submit. Submission is a state of the mind. It is what? A state of humility and respect. No matter whatever happens, I must submit to my parents. I must honor them. I must respect them. Whatever. Well, no matter whatever happens, I must submit to my money. Whatever, whatever it is. But it doesn't necessarily mean. Okay? In the process of trying not to do what is contrary to God, I don't have to commit sin. Oh, please. I, I, I want me to stop here. You see, when you commit sin, and then you're arguing that God said, that's not what I tell you to do. I told you, just, just respect, and still, no matter what. But my child, you don't do that one. And you know, there's a proverb in my, in my language, they said, one with a good voice, whatever they call it, one with a good tone, right, can, can drive away us of You see, that is there. You know one thing? Now, I ask you this question, this is another one. What of somebody who is actually maybe in the leadership, like, like for example, right now, in this place, assuming I, I'm, I'm the leader, I don't know, but it's Christ who's the leader. And then you see me doing something that you think is contrary to the word of God. What should you do? Ah, that's someone who has laughed. <laughs> you still respect, do not judge. But you can judge. I'm going to come now. Look at it. You can judge if it is outright what? When you think about something that's completely the commandment of God, and because Rumba is there, breaking it every moment, you can say, this is not going to work. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You know one thing, when you do that, you have not judged him. You have not judged him, not you. You have not condemned him. But the word of God has already condemned him. I'm just, please listen to me right now. You know what actually happened in Numbers 12? Kai, 1 to 9, can you read that one for me? Numbers 12, 1 to 9. Mm -hmm. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because mm -hmm. of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. <laughs> yes. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly. And not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them. And he departed. He departed. That's, remember Miriam got leprous, right? Now, there, you see this creature you see right here. Is respecting the one God has put there. But there's one thing. It's so heavily manipulated. And let the world hear it. So heavily manipulated by people looking for power. Speak not even against the man of God. If the man of God, you see, Moses did not break a specific commandment of God. Listen to me. Please, we're going to come to one. God told him, so look, for your own good, like he told Solomon, stay away from these foreign women. They may mislead, mislead you. 
You see, Paul got that right. Paul got that right. Paul was saying, do not judge a servant. Are you, are you with me? <laughs> he said, do not judge a servant. Leave it for the master to judge. But he also turned around and said, judge if the person is outrightly committing what? Abomination unto God. Let's, let me give you an example right now, even on this on, online now. Everywhere in the United States, they're all going and all uh, approving this uh, same, whatever you call it, same-sex marriage or whatever. You will not see me open my mouth and curse Obama or anybody. Please don't do that. Don't curse. Because God told you that. Pray that God will help them. But you know one thing? Until I die, if you bring same-sex people, say, Minister to them, or I'm talking about like officially, like it's a marriage. I will not do it. You can kill me, hear me now. You can kill me, but I will what? I will submissively and respectfully reject it because God says it's an abomination unto me. Are you following me? But you see, what some people do all over, even the internet, that Obama should die, Obama this, Obama this, that is not for people who are Christians. We should be praying for them. Because whatever the situation is, that is still the leader that God has put there. However, I'm not, see, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not a politician. I don't get involved in things of that nature. So this is exactly what David mastered. David and Saul, each time and each moment, David never once, this man was pursued everywhere to be killed. David never once opened his mouth and cursed Saul. And yet he will tell you, say, how dare you, you would even dishonor the anointed of the Lord. I will not kill him myself. Forget all about it. I wouldn't do that. Let the Lord take care of his anointing. Let him just take care of whatever the situation is. But Paul got it so right. In Romans 14, 4. And we're going to close. I think two minutes are three. Romans 14, 4. Yes. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. For God is able to make him stand. But what is it that Paul was talking about, my brothers and sisters, that is used to manipulate everywhere? Don't talk about it. Even if at all he does anything wrong, it's okay. How can it be okay that I do something wrong? It's not okay. Are you following me now? It's not. But Paul wasn't talking about that. Paul was talking about all those frivolous what? Matters. Those things that bring dispute that have no spiritual value. Okay? Well, let's go ahead and read. Romans 14, 1 to 4. Romans 14, 1 to 4. Yes. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. Over doubt. Please listen to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to another scripture you see. Over doubtful things, yes? For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Mm -hmm. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. Mm -hmm. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you Who are to you? judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him and, stand. And that's why I told you there's going to be many mysteries coming in. You better get it now. What was Paul talking about? Was, talking, was Paul talking about maybe immorality, like sexual immorality? Was he talking about adultery? No. He was talking about things that don't make sense. Don't wear this, don't wear that, whatever it is, don't eat this. He said, what are you talking about? Are you following what I'm talking about? Because I will show you also where Paul, where Paul said, if anybody does something that's against the commandment, judge it. I'll show you right now. But read me, <laughs> read me Colossians 2, please. 16 to 22. Maybe you can see what Paul was talking about in that Romans 14. Colossians 2, 16 to 22. Yes, ma'am. So let no one judge you in food or in drink mm -hmm. or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. They are a shadow of things to come. They are perishable. They are nothing. Go on. But the substance is of Christ. Of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, 
intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly vainly mind. Puffed up, self-righteousness, vainly what? Puffed up. <laughs> yes. And not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, mm -hmm. do not handle. Which all concerns things which perish with which the using. Which perish with the using. According to the commandments and doctrines of men. Yes. I mean, there's a place you can go and they tell you that, oh, no, 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 if a woman wears a pant, you will no longer... What does that got to do with the kingdom of God? Now, let's, 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 let's get this to... When Paul was talking about the head, not holding on to the head, what was he talking about? Who's the head? The main body of things that went into the kingdom of God. That's what you should hold on. The most important, that whatever you do, that's why, remember when you were talking about circumcision or no circumcision, gets you, no, gets you nowhere. But what gets you is doing what? The will of God. Obeying God. That's the way you're going to get into that kingdom. He's talked about there. But you see, understanding these things, Paul was trying to get us to do that. But Paul also told us one thing. If a brother, if a Mikos Rumba engages in something, that is completely contrary to the commandment of God. Then you should not be quiet. It's not judgment. Because you're not the one judging him. Give me 1 Corinthians 5, please, 9 to 12. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 12. Yes, ma'am. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet, I certainly did not mean with the sexually, sexually immoral people of this world mm -hmm. or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I have spoken to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous mm -hmm. or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Let's stop right there. If I judge those outside, so I couldn't judge. Remember Romans. Romans 2. If you go from 17 to 21, he said, look, you who's preaching, don't commit adultery. Do you do it? In other words, if you can't judge yourself, how do you judge others? It will be like somebody who has a big word beaming in the eyes, and then there's a spark in another person's eye, and you're judging that person going through. What in a situation about submitting? You look at the situation respectfully. You do that. But let, let, let's close here. Someone does something, and he hides it under the umbrella, and said, you know one thing? No, don't even dare. Be afraid to talk to the man of God. The man of God ceases to be a man of God when he, breaks, when he goes contrary to God. I don't know if you know that. He's a man of God because he's with God. Two cannot operate together except they be one, right? So, when he said that, you just be able to know that. You're not the one judging. Read me John 3.19, please. John 3.19. Yes. And this is a condemnation, mm -hmm. that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. This is a condemnation already. John 12.48, please. John? 12.48. John 12.48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. Mm -hmm. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. That word had already judged him. You know, one thing, even in all this, this our what? Secular world. Someone goes to court and he comes and says, The judge. The judge doesn't judge anybody. Judge, judge, judge is what? It's just, judge only does what? Upholds what is the law. He doesn't, he's not the one. 
doing it. You cannot go be contrary to that. So, submitting to one another is that crucial test. And you begin to ask God to give you that humility. Because if you don't do it, you're not humble enough. And you cannot work for him. But that is submitting to one another. Not somebody submitting only to you. You must also recognize that. That before someone submits to you, you have already submitted. So, I pray and I hope in the name of Jesus Christ that this message will sink in. That the children of God will benefit. And the eyes of their understanding will be open. Lord, I pray that that spirit will come and make us humble. Blessed be your holy name in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.